Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lower Antonio Sports Podcast Show, the LA Sports Show with Jonathan Mathis and Loro Antonio. With that being said, everybody, we're now on the Laker Talk Show. Jonathan Mathis is the uh, as, is my analyst for the LA sports teams and also the beat writer for the Orange County the Orange County Registers with me to talk about some Laker talk, Laker stuff. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about our reactions to Luke Walton stepping down as the Lakers head coach as he parted ways with them yesterday. And he also found a new job being the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And then Magic Johnson stepping down as the Lakers president of basketball operations. What were your, what were your thoughts on those? I was in utter shock when I heard that he had resigned from, you know, his position with the Lakers, you know, uh, for magic, this obviously was something he no longer wanted to do. Uh, you know, he felt that he was obligated to help Jeannie Buss by, you know, taking on this role. But when he saw how stressful uh, this job really is and that it wasn't easy to, you know, uh, handle the personnel decisions of a franchise, all of a sudden he wanted out and he felt this was the time to leave. Uh, you know, it was an embarrassing exit, yes. Uh, you know, it was something no one saw coming. I think most people were blindsided by his sudden decision to depart from the organization the way he did. And it was an erupt departure, you know. And, you know, nothing went right for the Lakers. Uh, this is a team that's an, a catastrophe, uh, they are in complete disarray, as we all know. And <clears throat> it was sad to see Magic go. Uh, you know, you got to respect the man's decision. And, you know, you got you to gotta keep in mind, if it wasn't for him, I don't think LeBron James would be donning a purple and gold uniform. So he did uh, get the job done uh in his brief stint, he only lasted two years and he made a promise and he didn't deliver on his promise. And, you know, after two years, he felt it was time to step away from the organization after he had committed all his time to a franchise that, uh, you know, uh, turned him into a legend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the Lakers here. So, I mean, I mean, now with that being said, who do you think will replace Magic as the team's president of basketball operations? And who is your front runner to be the next head coach of the Lakers? Well, that's the thing. I'm not really sure what direction the Lakers will go in now. I think that's everyone's question. Uh, I think right now the guy who will be making most of those personnel decisions is is obvious is obvious is obviously I'm I'm sorry Rob Palinka. Uh, Rob Palinka will be in power now. Uh, you know he will have all the authority to uh, make uh, things happen for this organization, and it's up to him now 
to try to build around uh, LeBron James. So I think for now, Jeannie Buss is satisfied with Rob Polinka, even though he is still an unproven general manager. Even though I feel like Magic Johnson was, you know, low-key shadowing him, you know, um, but there, there was a lot of talk that Magic and Rob Polinka did not get along. So with that being said, uh, you have to wonder if this led to Magic Johnson's departure. But back to uh, the management, Rob Polinka for right now is going to be the general manager of this team. He will be the guy in charge and he will be the man making those decisions. Now, as far as coaching goes, I'm hearing that Monty Williams is one of the leading candidates for the Lakers job. Uh, the Lakers did get permission to set up an interview with Money Williams. I think Money Williams uh, could be an ideal fit only because of his relationship with LeBron. Uh, you got you got to remember Williams did coach the U.S. team. He was one of the coaches on the staff, part of the staff. So he knows LeBron really well. Uh, but again, I think the Lakers need to, you know, s stop trying to pacify LeBron James by bringing in someone he's familiar with, somebody he knows. I think you got to, you know, step outside of the box and, you know, don't keep it in the family. That's been the problem over the years is that the Lakers have kept it in the family. Byron Scott didn't work out. Luke Walton obviously didn't work out. You have to look elsewhere. You have to hire someone who has no ties with this organization whatsoever. And then another candidate is, 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 uh, Ty Lue. I think that's just ridiculous. You know, now I'm not, you know, I'm not berating him. I'm not saying he can't be a coach in this league because I think he can. I just think he's not, you know, the guy for the Lakers job. You know, I understand that he has a, a personal and business relationship with LeBron James. He, uh, he coached LeBron in Cleveland until he was fired. Uh, you know, LeBron uh, was, I guess, listening to him of all people. And, you know, and LeBron seems to like uh, Tyron Lue. You know, they have a history. But, again, you would be keeping it in the family because Tyron Lue back in the day was a Laker. You know, so I think, you know, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And that's something we haven't seen from the Lakers. They need to, you know, move far away from anyone who was part of this organization in the past and hire someone that is strong and that is dedicated and someone who could come in and reshape this culture. And if they are, and if they are going to move on hiring a general manager, they need to hire someone with a vast knowledge of the game and someone who will be able to, you know, understand the game of basketball, not only from, a professional standpoint, but also 
from the business side of things. I think that's very, very imperative. Uh, if the Lakers do conduct a search, I think you got to look out for those things. It will be very paramount moving forward. Absolutely. But with that being said here, I have – I think for my – who I think is my the favorite for me to be the next head coach of the Lakers, I'm choosing Brian Shaw because he he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Even though he used to play a Laker, I, I think he should get this job as the Lakers' head, next head coach. But see, again, that's what I was just, you know, talking to you about and our and our listeners. You – you you're keeping it in the family. You you know, you're gonna have to step away from that. You know, I, I understand that Brian Shaw might seem like a suitable candidate for this job, and maybe he is. And and you gotta remember he was an assistant under Luke Walton. I don't know how I feel about uh Brian Shaw. And you and and look here, you know what? The Lakers have had a number of coaches in previous seasons and it has not worked out at all. You know, uh, something's got to change. And I think the only way you can, you know, change things and improve vastly is by, you know, bringing someone on board who's never had any you know, thing to do with this organization. I think you you gotta, you know, say no to Brian Shaw. I don't think he even gets an interview with the Lakers. To be uh, honest with you, I think that the Lakers are definitely gonna look at other candidates who have no relations whatsoever to the organization. And that guy, I think, right now is Monty Williams. So you think if Monty Williams becomes the next head coach of the Lakers, you think he would be a great fit for this Lakers team right now? Well, he's shown it in the past. You know, he has great leadership qualities. You know, uh, he's a guy who really knows the game of basketball. He has a great perspective for the game of basketball. And I think he's a guy who can definitely uh, restore the team's culture. You know, I, I like him. I also like, you know, another name that's not being mentioned is Stan Van Gundy. I mean, he's a great analyst on TV. I know before you told me you don't really, you're not really big on him, but I think that this, this is a guy who, who carried a, a team of misfits and a team of castoffs to the NBA Finals when he was the coach in Orlando, uh, you know. And the thing that led to his firing was the White How was the White Howard's unhappiness, you know. So I think Stan Van Gundy is definitely uh, deserving of a, of another chance with an NBA franchise. Could it be the Lakers? Maybe, but the Lakers have not you know, shown any interest in him. And maybe Stan Van Gundy is not interested in the Lakers job, knowing that he would have a, a big mess to clean up and a heavy burden on his shoulder while doing, sh while doing so. What about, what about Mark Jackson? 
I like Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is a guy who has great charisma. He's another guy who understands the fundamentals of the game. Uh, you know, I think he has uh, the ability to be a great leader. I think he is strong enough to deal with different personalities, including a guy like LeBron James, who needs a coach that is firm and a coach who has that strong conviction. And I think uh, Mark Jackson has all of those. And I think uh, with all those intangibles, that makes him a great candidate for this job as well. And I think he is definitely qualified to be the next Lakers head coach as well. So, yes, I do like Mark Jackson. We're going to be very patient with how this process goes and who I want and who we like as the Lakers next Yes, I just, I just hope they work diligently, don't rush the process, and just take their time as they conduct a search for the next head coach. I don't want them to rush this. I want them to get a head coach, and I think they should name their new head coach either by the end of April or early May before the uh, NBA draft lottery begins. Yes, yes. The, the 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 sooner the better because you you want him to have input on who you draft and and what you do this offseason. So since I was since I was uh since my uh my freshman year ended of high school when Phil Jackson retired, the Lakers have been through four or five other head coaches, which includes Mike D'Antoni. Mike Brown, Mike D'Antoni, Byron Scott, and now Lou Bolton. I think that's four different head coaches that I've been through since Phil Jackson's retirement. Yes, uh, they're, they've gone through a laundry list of names, uh, you know, and that's because when Jim Buss was making the personnel decisions, he would desperately, uh, you know, uh, name a coach for the job. And, you know, you have to really take your time with this. You, you know, you you know, they can't butcher it this time. They, they're going to have to get this right. And that's something that the Lakers haven't done in previous years, you know, because the way Jim Buss went about it. And, and Jim Buss just wasn't a guy who had a great business acumen. Uh, he wasn't savvy when it came to making professional moves and all that, and we saw that, and so a lot uh, of his poor decision-making contribute to the number of coaches that the Lakers have had in the past, and I think now that we have a new regime and one that remains to be a mystery, if you want to say that, uh, I think the Lakers this time could get a coach that is maybe a mainstay, that someone who will be uh, in it for the long haul. Absolutely. So with that being said, uh, with that being said, let's talk about the Lakers 2018, 2019 season in review. And I want to get your take here on what went right for the Lakers, which for me was they got LeBron, which is going to attract a lot of other <coughs> superstar free agents. But what went wrong for the Lakers this, uh, this past season was free throw shooting. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Also, their uh, their lack of energy to uh, play defense. You know, they didn't put a lot of effort into playing defense. I thought they could have, you know, tightened things up defensively. And there was nights that they just disappeared 
on defense. And yes, free throws. Free throws was a killer for the Lakers. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous that they missed that many free throws, that they couldn't, uh, you know, get it done at, at the charity strike. And, you know, free throws are a crucial part of the game. And you got to be able to knock down your free throws. And because of their inability to knock down the free throws, uh, you know, it affected them uh, both mentally and emotionally, I think. So I think free throws is something that they will work on to improve this offseason. Hopefully they do, you know. And uh, also uh, their inability to shoot the three. You know, I think that that, that also uh, hurt the Lakers big time because, you know, most teams now that that are competing in the playoffs, especially in this day and age, they have, you know, outside shooters. And that's something that the Lakers lack. You know, they don't have outside shooting. And, you know, in today's NBA, you need that. You need that. That is a necessity now. You know, that is uh, a huge part of the game. Because now in this in this in this transition, in this generation of NBA talent, they like to shoot. You know, no one really plays defense, no one's committed to playing defense, and they just jack up shot after shot after shot, and that's what you're seeing, and that's what's on display. And that's you know, the Lakers need to catch up to and you know and catch up to speed and and get with the program and understand uh, what these players have on their teams, and that is quality shooters. Absolutely. So now that being said, let's go to our 2019 NBA playoff picks. So let's start with the Western Conference pick. So I have the Warriors over the Clippers in four, which the Warriors won today. I have the Spurs over the Nuggets in six, and I have the Blazers over the Thunder in seven, and then the Rockets over the Jazz in seven as we start off with our Western Conference first-round picks. Yes, I have the Warriors. I have the Warriors sweeping the clip. You know, I think the Warriors are just stacked. They're loaded with talent. They're 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 too powerful. You know, they're too powerful of a team to beat. Uh, they have some of the best shooters in the league. They have probably two of the purest shooters in the league, and Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson. So uh, I, I really don't see anyone uh, beating them at all in the West. I think they will come out of the West. And then I have the Rockets. Uh, I will say in six. I'll say in six. I think the Jazz will uh, challenge them. I think the Jazz will make it tough for them. And I say that because the Jazz, you know, they have they have Ingles, they have they have uh, Donovan Mitchell, who turns it on, especially in the playoffs. He did a year ago. He was an impressive uh, player to watch. So I, I like them to extend the series to six. But in the end, the Rockets are the better team. The Rockets have arguably the best offensive player in the game a dynamic scorer in James Harden who has the best step back three in the game today. And then you have Chris Paul, probably the best defender on the floor for the Houston Rockets. 
and when he's on his game, uh, you know, and he he can be unstoppable. So I like the Rockets in six. And then what are your other picks? The Spur with the Spurs and also the, the Spurs over the Nuggets and also the Blazers over the Thunder. Well, the Spurs and the Nuggets, the Nuggets, that's a pick that uh is a tough one, but the Spurs, you know, they, they are you gotta remember the, the, the Spurs are well coached. They are well coached uh by Greg Popovich, and if there's one coach who can make adjustments throughout the series, maybe even uh, by halftime, it is uh, it is uh, Greg Popovich. And, you know, the, the Spurs have the potential to, to uh, upset the Nuggets. I think so. And, you know, uh, they're not very good defensively, the Denver Nuggets, you know, and I, I think the Spurs can definitely take advantage of that. You know, the Spurs are likely happy that they will face Denver in this series because they know they have that advantage. And, you know, the Nuggets have a juggernaut offensively, but defensively, they're less talented. And, you know, I know they have arguably the most gifted center in the league. And uh, how you pronounce his name? Jokic? Yes. The Jokic. 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 But you got to remember, he's a little inexperienced. There's uh, times where his uh, emotions range from, from, uh, from, you know, a little, uh, how can I put it? His emotions range from, uh, excite, excited to uh, empathetic, I, I will say. And, you know, there's times that he doesn't play his best game. You know, some, you know, he's, he's ever changeable at times. So <clears throat> it's easy to, for me to go with the Spurs in this series, uh, in the upset, you know, because I think the Nuggets again are inexperienced and the Spurs do have Lamarcus Aldridge, who's been around for quite some time now. And I, I definitely think that the Spurs can play him, can play Jokic very good, and can, you know, take him out of his game and, and still this serious. You, you got to remember the Spurs got talent too. They got Anderson, uh, you know, they have a number of playmakers on that team that can get it done. And again, I, I think the reason they will prevail in this series is because of how Greg Popovich coaches. He is famous for his, you know, fiery, intense style. And I think that with all the transcendent offensive talent he has, they will win in, in I'll say, Probably seven. Yeah, that could be, but but I also I also said earlier with the Portland and OKC game. I don't know if you went over that. I do think Portland will win that in seven, but I think it's Dame time. Ooh. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Portland has let me down in previous. But I feel like seasons. this is the year that they finally break the bank. You feel this is the year that 
Damian Lillard and uh and uh CJ McCollum will show up? Yes. I want they, they, I, I think they, I feel bad for them because I feel like that this is the year that I think they will let, they will get out of the first round. This is the year to do it. It, it could be they they have a very without very, your, without Nurkic, I feel like that this team is good. They have Cantor who can get the job done for them. That's true. And then they have arguably one of the most prolific backcourts in the league. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think Port are you still thinking Portland will uh will advance to the second round and play San Antonio? I don't know. I gotta roll with OKC. I like OKC's chances because I like Russell Westbrook, of course. He's a triple double machine. We all know that. And when there's so much at stake, this is a guy who, you know, turns it on. And, you know, if he gets scorned, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat OKC. And then you got to remember, they have Paul George as well. So I I think OKC will get it done in, in, I'll say, in five. All right. So we went over our Western Conference playoff picks, and now let's go through our Eastern Conference first round picks. So I have the Bucks over the Pistons in four. And I originally had the Raptors over the Magic in four, even though that the Magic stunned the Raptors in game one of this series. I have the Raptors over the Magic in five now. And then the Sixers over the Nets in five. And then I have the Pacers over the Celtics in six. The Bucks is a no-brainer. The Bucks will, you know, beat the Pistons. The Pistons, you got to remember, they barely got in the playoffs. And I just think that Milwaukee is coming out of the East. I think they're the stronger opponent. I think they're the team to beat. Uh, they are built for a championship. Uh, they have all the talent on that on that roster. You know, they have they even have uh, three point shooters. Then you have the Greek freak, who is an MVP candidate. So I would have to go with the Bucks in four. That's a clean sweep. And then what do you think about the Raptors over the Magic? I say in five now instead of in four since Orlando. Yeah, that's that's most likely the only game that the Orlando Magics will get. And, you know, they, they, they came in playing with a lot of confidence. They felt good about themselves. And they stole game one on Toronto's home floor. But I think, you know, Toronto got a feel for Orlando. And they know uh, they'll be ready for them next time. They know what to expect. They know how to, you know, uh, stop this team, slow them down. And I I don't think, you know, I don't think they will get – I don't think Orlando will get as lucky as they got, you know, this time around because DJ Augustine, you know, made the last second three-pointer that won it for Orlando. So Orlando – you know, barely got by to get to get game one. But I think uh, Kawhi Leonard will uh, steer the ship in the right direction going into game two. <clears throat> I think it would be a, a different Raptors team, one that is more poised, one that looks, you know, like it's ready to prove something to the world. And I, I expect 
a different uh, outcome in game two. All right. So now the next pick I talked about, I, I say the Sixers still beat the Nets in five. You know what? I said the Sixers in, I, I believe I said in six. I think I said in six. Yeah. I, yeah, I did say in six. I said in six, and I did predict that Brooklyn would take game one. Look, the Brooklyn Nets are playing with house money. The Brooklyn Nets, you know, uh, have D'Angelo Russell, who, in my opinion, is the most improved player this year. And Joel Embiid for the Sixers is not 100%. You know, so I think the Sixers are in for a long series. But I do think in the end, they are grinded out as six. Absolutely. Here. And then my next pick we'll talk about, I have the Pacers beating the Celtics in six. Not not surprising if that happens. Uh, I actually had the Pacers as well. And that's because the Celtics all year long have been up and down. Uh, they have been hard to predict, you know, uh, you know, they, there's nights they haven't brought the toughness, the energy, or the focus. And I think that will be key to beating the Pacers. But the Pacers have, you know, come together as a team after the loss of Victor Oladipo. I think that brought this team together. I think, you know, it, you know, uh, it, made their chemistry a bit stronger. And I think from there, they just took off. And, you know, maybe his presence, even though he's not healthy on the floor, I think has been an inspiration for the Indiana Pacers. So I think the Indiana Pacers will be ready. And I think the Indiana Pacers will beat them in six. Absolutely. I mean, that I think we're right on par on that. So now let's go to our Western Conference second-round pick. So I have the Rockets over the Warriors in seven because I feel like that we I want a different NBA Finals matchup. And I have the Spurs over the Blazers in six. Well, yes, the Rockets, that makes sense. The Rockets could have, beat, could have beaten uh, the Warriors a year ago, remember? If Chris Paul didn't go down with his hamstring injury. So – I mean, it's not too far-fetched to uh, think that that could happen. You know, it's not a bad prediction at all. Uh, you know, James Harden can't disappear in the playoffs. He's going to have to be on his game. And I think if he is, and I think if uh, Chris Paul is healthy this time around, I think they they can, you know, edge out the Warriors. But it won't be an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, it'll be... Uh, very difficult with all the the weapons that the Warriors have on the floor. Uh, you you got to remember they added a new dimension when they got uh, DeMarcus Cousins. So they're they have a they're it's a new personality now. You know, so I, I think the Rockets can upset. The Warriors, but I'm still gonna stick with the Warriors in seven. That that's gonna be a good second round there, and uh, 
You agree about the Spurs over the Blazers in six in the set in the in our if if the Spurs do advance past this first round, yes. I don't I, I you know I find it hard to believe in Portland this time of year. Um you know, they usually perform the choke job. Damian Lillard uh usually doesn't perform well uh in pressured situations during the postseason. And, you know, they don't produce like they do during the regular season. So I got to go with the Spurs. And the way the Spurs have played tonight, you know, you cannot discount them again. They have one of the best coaches of this generation, Greg Popovich, who will, who prepares, who will prepare his players for big moments. Yeah, he does prepare his, his uh, players for big moments there. That's for sure. With that being said, Let's go to our Eastern Conference second round pick. So I have the Bucks over the Pacers in four, and I have the Raptors over the Sixers in seven. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like the Raptors to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, but you're gonna have to get a lot out of Kyle Lowry, and this is a time that he usually, you know, uh, freezes up on you. This is a time where he usually uh, doesn't perform at a high level. Uh, You know, it's a time where he, you know, falls into a shooting slump and can never climb out of it. And so, uh, I don't know. I I feel that the Sixers will get it together. I feel that if Joel Embiid is healthy enough, uh, he will put up uh, numbers that are convincing, and then you for the Sixers you have uh, Tobias Harris, you have a great shooter in JJ Redick, you have you have Ben Simmons who is an incredible playmaker. The dude uh, skill set is identical to Magic Johnson when you look at him closely. Uh, I just think the Sixers have the ingredients to, you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I got to go with the Sixers. All right. So now that being said, here's my Western Conference Finals pick. So I have the Rockets over the Spurs in seven, and I have the Bucks over the Raptors in seven. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I agree with you with both of them. I like the Bucks again. The Bucks, I think, are too strong. They're potent offensively. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, they can get it done with all the talent that they have on, on their roster. And then you look over on the other side, and then you have the Warriors. And I think the Warriors uh, will definitely come out of the West again. And I think it will be the Bucks versus the Warriors in the NBA Finals. That could possibly happen, but my NBA Finals pick will be the Spurs, will be the Rockets and the Bucks. And my pick to win the NBA Finals championship, I have the Rockets in seven, and the NBA Finals MVPs will be Chris Paul and James Harden. You think they'd be co-MVPs? Yes, they'll be co-MVPs. In the 2019 NBA Finals. Well, they they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to uh, 
you know, step up as defenders on the court if they want to make it that far because, you know, your offense can only carry you uh, for so long and then your defense has to take over the rest. So hopefully they get more aggressive on the defensive end of the court and, you know, force turnovers so they can get out in transition and that would just open up more things for them to get more creative and, and, and you know, uh, put up the points offensively. Absolutely. So my final our final basketball thought of the day is give me your reaction of last week's NCAA men's basketball final four and national title game. Man, uh, what a final four, you know, and every year that tournament is, you know, it has a lot of, it leaves you in a lot of suspense, uh, you know, you are left guessing which team will pull it off. There's uh, monumental upsets. There's teams that you least expect to get there, like Texas Tech. And, you know, I thought Texas Tech would beat Virginia, and I had picked Texas Tech to beat Virginia Uh mainly because of their defense. You know, this is this was a team that held Michigan to uh, 51 points in the Final Four. And once I saw that, I said, well, Texas Tech can definitely uh, hold Virginia. Uh, that wasn't the case whatsoever. Uh, Virginia took off. Virginia... Uh, got it done offensively, and, you know, Kyle Guy was their guy. You know, he scored 26 points. He was the the NCAA most outstanding player. Uh, you know, Virginia uh, was out to, you know, they had set out to complete their mission, and their only objective was to win a championship, and they did just that. They they wanted to, you know, erase the sting of last year's letdown in that big upset uh, against UMBC, and they did just that, you know, and they, they came back and they fought hard to get to that point. And, you know, they never gave up. And Virginia was the best team all year in college basketball. They showed that that night. And, you know, it was just a a, a great championship game, Uh, a a heartbreaker for Texas Tech as hard as they worked to get to that point. I thought Chris Beard had done a good job uh, with that program. And Tony Bennett, has done a, a terrific job in, you know, transforming transforming Virginia from an afterthought to a top uh, seated competitor in, you know, uh, in all of college basketball. Absolutely. That's for sure right there. So with that being said, everybody, we had a great talk for the for our Laker talk right now. 
When we come back, we'll talk about some L.A. football talk with the Rams and the Chargers.